evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Well, 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 we're back. Like that dog shit at the bottom of his shoe you can't shake off. We're back. The Anarchist World this week. And today's program, I'm going to be a bit self-serving. I'm only going to talk about two things. Because in one week's time, I'll be broadcasting from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House on the 15th of November at 10am. Live broadcast. So obviously there'll be a lot of trams, noises and lots of noises, but... uh, we're doing that for a reason. Now, if you wonder what Anarchy is all about, it's based on the concept of having a society without rulers, anarchists without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power and share wealth. Now, <clears throat> two things I'd like to talk about uh, today. And uh, if you don't find them interesting, obviously you're free to move on and listen to something else or do something a little bit more productive in your life. But... Over the years, and I've been an activist now for 50 years, this is my 50th year, what I've noted is there's a lot of wonderful commentary and a lot of wonderful analysis and a lot of jumping up and down and a lot of people get really their knickers in a knot for a variety of reasons and it's all very understandable. But when it comes to the action part of the equation... You'll find that most people that broadcast on radio or television or on the social media are basically that. They're uh, commentators. And the anarchist world this week is a little bit different because what we do is we organise events. We organise vigils and protests and we do this in order to empower people, in order to point out to people that it's people like us who make take those first steps to initiate change, who are the driving force behind the movements which are created and which grow to create change. And sometimes we fail and sometimes we succeed. But in every situation we try. And we've noticed after the, I've noticed over the last 50 years that uh, you know some issues are much, much harder than others to get some type of a community campaign and political or social campaign organised around. Now, before I launch into the main topic of the program, which will be public housing and the 10-day vigil, which will be held on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House from midday the 14th of November, which is a Wednesday, to midnight the Saturday, the 24th of November. And why midnight, the Saturday, the 24th of November? Because that's the day of the 
state election in Victoria, and by that time we will know whether we have a hung parliament or one of the major parties as a majority in the upper, and at least we'll know in the lower house. But before I do that, and you know, I talk about public housing and why it's such a critical issue that nobody seems to be interested in, or very few people seem to be interested in, I'd like to remind you about two things. This Sunday, the 11th of November, a number of us will be going to Murchison Cemetery, which is in Willoughby Street in Murchison, and uh, we'll try to get there around 10am on Sunday, the 11th of November, to pay our respects to Francesco Fantine. Francesco Fantine was murdered by fascists in an internment camp at Camp Love Day outside Adelaide in uh, 1942. And we go there every year to pay our respects to this anarchist, atheist, anti-fascist and anti-militarist. See, the bones of Francesco Fantini and over 220 Italian prisoners of war and internees who died in Australian camps during the Second World War are deposited in an Italian war cemetery at Murchison in Victoria. And this year is a little bit... uh, It's an important date because it marks the 100th anniversary, exactly the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day, the day which is used to mark the end of World War I, where over 50 million, mainly young men, were killed on the European killing fields for the glory of God, King and Country. And on Sunday the 11th of November, uh, family and friends of the people who are buried in this crypt uh, will come to pay their respects. Now, the crypt is open only once a year, and uh, we try to get there at 10am so we can actually enter the crypt, like many of the other people who were there, and pay our respects to Francesco Fantine. And this year, as we have done over the last four years, we will be uh, going to the ceremony. Now, the ceremony is organised by the Italian community. It's not organised by us. We are observers. Um, it starts at 10am when we enter the crypt. Then there is, uh, you know, talks from various uh, officials because it is an Italian war, war cemetery. Then there's a, a Roman Catholic mass at about 12 o'clock. Everything, as far as their event is concerned, comes to an end. And uh, we hoist up our banner and uh, pay our respects to Francesco. So it's usually we have a small group of people. We have people from Queensland and uh, I think Western Australia turned up last year because they had some links with uh, Francesco Fantine and uh, uh, they came to uh, join us. So uh, please feel free to join us this Sunday at 10am at Murchison Cemetery and... Uh, Francesca Fantini, it's quite an interesting story. When the fascists seized power in Italy in 1922, he was an activist and an anarchist. He uh, escaped to Australia in 1924, made his home in Australia in 1924, was involved in anti-fascist activity in this country, trying to alert Australians, institutions and Australians to the the terrors of uh, fascism with little effect. They were involved in many actions against the fascists here in, Italian fascists here in Australia. Mussolini had spent a lot of money in Australia in order to uh, create clubs, medical clinics, you know, for uh, 
to encourage the rise of fascism in this country, not just in the Italian community, but outside the Italian community. And in 1942, I mean, he uh, looked after himself. He was a single man by um, working in the cane fields in North Queensland and the woolen mills in Geelong. And in 1942, he was arrested as part of this push to uh, intern Italians who were living in this country. Uh, he was uh, arrested and he was interned and he was murdered. He was uh, stooping down to have a drink. He'd been beaten up on a number of occasions because what actually happened, about 40 Italian anarchists and socialists had been uh, interned with over 400 Italian fascists and Francesco Fantine, who'd fought fascism all his life, was not the type of man who was going to, uh, you know, do a Nazi salute, I mean a, a fascist salute for them and uh, he resisted attempts to get him to... Uh, you know, to denigrate himself. And while he was stooping down to have a, a drink on the 16th of November 1942 from a, a tap, he was uh, he was uh, smashed over the head with a 4B2 by an Italian fascist and then kicked to death. Now, Francesca's had no children. He had a short-lived uh, uh, marriage in, uh, in Italy uh, his two brothers are long gone. He really has very few people who remember him. And it was only in the last f- five or six years that we uh, found that his grave had been moved from South Australia to Murchison and uh, we go there to pay our respects. So uh, if you can't make it, rest in peace, Francesco Fantin. We will not forget your sacrifice. Now, if you want more information... You can go to the Francesco Fantine face uh, webpage, www.q7461fantine.org. So uh, turn up. You don't have to ring anybody. Just turn up. Uh, our ceremony will be at about 12 o'clock, but uh, if you wish to get into the crypt, you need to be there before 10 a.m. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. And the next thing I'd just like to remind you about is uh, reclaim, the, reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion Celebrations, which are organised by the Anarchist Media Institute, which will be held in Ballarat from 4am to 10pm that day. It's a 16-hour day. It's a very long day, and uh, but it's a, it's a great day, and uh, we've been holding these celebrations since 2002 when my late wife and I went up to Ballarat in the year 2001 to, get, to participate in uh, Eureka celebrations. We were shocked to find there were no Eureka celebrations in Ballarat that celebrated uh, Eureka Day on the 3rd of December. So we decided to form the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations. So um, we'd like to see you there, and I'll speak more about that in the coming weeks. But put it down in your diary. It's Monday. That's right, a Monday, the 3rd of December, from uh, from 4am to 10pm. Uh, Walks, talks, dinners, you name it, all organised. Now, the main topic of this particular program now, if you're a regular listener to the Anarchist World this week, you may be surprised to hear that next week, the 14th of November, we will be having a live broadcast on the community radio network of the Anarchist World 
this week from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House from 10am to 11am. And hopefully you'll be able to listen into that broadcast and we won't have too many technical difficulties. So why? Why broadcast from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House? Now, whether you know it or not, whether you're interested or not, the Victorian state election will be held on the 24th of November. And the big issues in this election is not about people, it's all about things. And the big issue as far as the major political parties are concerned is law and order infrastructure. You know, we've got this concept of putting people before railway crossings. And over the past four years, the housing minister, Mr Martin Foley, who's the member for uh, Albert Park in the inner city in Melbourne, Albert Park takes in uh, suburbs like Middle Park, Albert Park, parts of uh, St Kilda, Docklands, Port Melbourne, a little bit of South Melbourne, and the list goes on and on has for the last four years been running a pro-privatisation agenda regarding what's left of the public housing sector. Only 3% of Victorians now live in public housing and they've been slowly squeezed out. The management of the public housing sector has been farmed out to the private sector and we are sore initially the government attempt to transfer titles to the affordable and community, so-called affordable community and social housing sector. And for many years, they blurred the lines between public housing, social housing, community housing, hoping to fill people that it's all one and the same. Well, it's not all one and the same. As you and I know, social housing and community housing are run by private organisations, many religiously based. And what the Minister, Martin Foley, has been attempting to do is to privatise every element through this so-called renewal, public-private renewal program where prime pieces of public real estate are turned over to the public-private sector who promises to build 10% of the units which are built on that sector will be retained for public housing and their titles will be eventually passed on to the community and and affordable and uh, social housing sector and the rest will be sold privately. So it's a cheap way for private corporations to make lots of money as far as housing is concerned. So we are at a critical phase And in December 2016, we, Anarchism Institute, was instrumental through public interest before corporate interest in setting up the Defend and Extend Public Housing Organisation. And we've been holding rallies on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House since December 2016 to highlight this issue. Now, we've had a few small victories, nothing major. There was an inquiry in the Upper House, the Legislative Council of the Victorian Parliament, regarding the uh, the renewal program, the public housing renewal program, which didn't come to much because the Liberal Party sided with the Labor Party regarding their uh, attempting to uh, privatise what's left of the uh, public housing sector. So why am I so interested in this program? Why am I so interested in public housing? 
Now, I'd like to make a personal explanation. This is not something which is theoretical. Like many other campaigns I've been involved in, you know, that we've created, helped to create, are basically, you know, based on very... This is a very practical campaign. For the last... I've been a doctor for almost 43 years, and for the last 35 years... I've been seeing people with major physical disabilities secondary to trauma in their own homes. And I can assure you, I can give you a 100% guarantee, and I never give a 100% guarantee, if there wasn't a public housing option for many of my patients, they would not have had the successful lives they have they would have not been able to rear children in a secure, safe environment. Because what public housing means is that people... It's not just a matter of just paying 25% of your income towards your housing costs, but it means security of tenure. It means you can live for decades in the same place. It means that for decades your children can attend the same schools, go to the same sporting clubs, use the same facilities, have the same friends. And as we know, there is nothing more important in life than security of tenure. Having to move every year or two because the rents go up is an extraordinary impost on individuals and does create social dislocation and promotes exploitation of people of the most vulnerable sections of our society. It's no accident that as the public housing sector has declined, as governments have lost interest in the public housing sector, as they have allowed it to run down so that they can actually then say, oh, look at how terrible these, these estates are, we need to redevelop them without giving people the right of return, without turning it over to the private sector, without handing over titles to the community and social housing sector. And about six months ago, we formed a new organisation called Public Housing Everybody's Business because we felt the current campaign regarding public housing and the renewal program is a limited campaign which is about defending what we have, not extending the concept of public housing as an everyday topic. Now, both major political parties in Victoria, both the Liberal opposition and the so-called the ALP, the Alternative Liberal Government, which you know masquerades as the Australian Labor Party in Victoria, have been hell-bent on privatising what's left of the public housing sector, of actually outsourcing their responsibility. For example, the Labor government privatised the Port of Melbourne, I think for for, uh, $9 billion, and within the last two years, fees for the Port of Melbourne have increased by up to 2,000% in some cases, which means that these costs are passed on to consumers, which means there are higher costs. We've seen recently the privatisation of the titles office as well as the partial privatisation or attempted privatisation of the public housing sector. So let's look at what's been happening to real estate. 
And I'll concentrate on Victoria, although the situation is similar across the country. But I will concentrate on Victoria because that's where the 10-day vigil will be held and that's the area I'm much most familiar with. So if you're listening to this interstate, you may say, ah, well, it's got nothing to do with me. But if you look at most of the state governments, not all of them, especially the New South Wales government and the South Australian government and to a lesser extent the West Australian government and Tasmanian government, they're hell-bent on transferring their responsibility for housing people to the private sector, hell-bent on it. So what's the, why do we need public housing? Well, over the last 30 years, real estate prices have increased for the same property by over 500%. So if you bought a property 30 years ago for 500000 you'd expect to receive between 2 and $2.5 million for that same property. And most of this has been due to the domination of the housing market by the private sector, not just because of increasing population growth, but because of that domination by the private sector. And as we've seen in the banking sector, have we seen in the financial sector, as we've seen in the insurance sector, that when these outlets are fully privatised, that the mantra to maximise costs, to maximise profits at any cost, becomes the guiding principle of these organisations. And we found the same with the private housing market. We're the only country in the world that I know of, and I'm happy to be corrected, that gives people a tax deduction, this is negative gearing, for owning more than one home. Just extraordinary. A pure tax deduction, negative gearing, you know, for owning more than one home. So we have seen the marketplace, the private marketplace, manipulated in such a way by successive governments at the state and federal level to give investors windfall profits, windfall profits for doing nothing. And what we've seen is the growth of the private housing sector at the expense of the public housing sector because the government at the state and federal level has stopped investing in the public housing sector. So what does this escalating costs mean in a period of relatively fixed wages? It means that more and more, the greater the percentage of people's income is used to keep a roof over their heads, whether they're buying or whether they're renting. And what it means is if there is no expanding public housing sector, people and places are restricted to only people in dire emergencies that we have increasing levels of homelessness and we see that in the major capital cities today. Increasing levels of homelessness. Now, public housing, everybody's business was organised, was launched to point out that public housing is not 
just an issue regarding homelessness. It's a wider issue which has an impact on almost every Australian. Whether you're buying, whether you're renting, whether you're investing, or whether you've paid off your own home, there is a social impact. And the smaller the public housing sector, the greater the social, community and financial impact on society. So why do we need a strong public housing sector that does not just cater for people in emergency situations who are facing homelessness or are who are homeless. It's needed for one very good reason. A strong, vibrant public housing sector has a positive impact on society. If you have a strong public housing sector which provides secure accommodation to people for 25% of their income, what that means is that investors will be forced out of the rental market as more and more public housing units are purchased or built. Rental market. So it means that a strong public housing sector is this very old-fashioned concept of having a mixed economy where the public sector and the private sector compete in the same marketplace. So if you have a strong public housing sector and 20% of people live in public housing, what that means is there is downward pressure on rents. And anybody who is renting today who will never be able to buy their own home or unit or whatever would have the capacity to put their name on a waiting list and access public housing as a right. Not only people in desperate situations, but people who would never be able to enjoy the security of a safe, secure, stable housing environment. It's simple. So the fewer people renting, the more properties come up for sale. And at the lower end of the market you would find that more and more people would be able to become first home buyers and buy property at reasonable prices, not inflated speculative prices which we're paying today. So a strong public housing sector not only decreases the amount of rent people pay, it allows people who will never have the economic muscle, who will never be able to acquire the capital to buy into the private marketplace to enter the public sector without having to come up with a deposit. Simple. So how does that help investors? You'd think, oh, this is a negative thing for investors. Well, with no public housing, you would have, as we're seeing, Increasing issues regarding domestic violence, 
increasing issues regarding self-harm, increasing issues regarding anxiety and depression in the community. Because if you look at all the figures over the last few decades, it's becoming obvious that there is something going on in society where people are not revolting, but they're turning inwards and they are suffering as a consequence of the social situation they find themselves in where they have to spend most of their time worrying about the security of a roof over their heads. At the same time, during the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation revolution that has swept this nation, what we have seen in the past 40 years is the percentage of profit which goes to wage earners has dramatically reduced. 40 years ago, about two-thirds of every dollar in profit went to pay the wages of the people who created that profit. Today, that percentage had decreased to one-third. You're listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscano. Uh, in this, this week's program, I'm highlighting the 10-day vigil we'll be holding from the 14th to the 24th of November on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, uh, making public housing everybody's business in an attempt to make public housing a major election issue. If you want more information, you can go to the Facebook page, Public Housing Everybody's Business. You can go to the Facebook page, Defend and Extend Public Housing. You can go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org. You can go to the PIPSI website, Public Interest. PIPSI, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, PIBCI.net. Download the application form, become a member of Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. So getting back to our main theme, or the only the major theme of this program, as I said before, when you're listening to this program next week, which will be the 14th of November, I'll be doing a live broadcast from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. This will, to kick off the Public Housing Everybody's Business 10-Day Vigil, which is designed to make public housing a major election issue at the Victorian state election. Now, I've been involved in many, many, many campaigns over the last 50 years. Many. Some have been difficult. Some have been impossible. Some have failed miserably. Some have been successful. But I have never found a more difficult campaign than this one. A campaign to resurrect the idea in the community's mind that public housing is a viable, secure, safe alternative to people, for people, you know, around the country, around the country, that it could be another, could be another leg of the public, uh, it could be another leg of the housing sector. I've never found it more difficult. And I'll tell you why I've never found it more difficult, because the normal 
group of people who support such campaigns are MIA, Missing in Action. Now, you'd expect the Liberal National Party not to be that interested in public housing. I expect that. That's not an issue. But what's been exceptionally disappointing has been how the Victorian Australian Labor Party, the Andrews-led Labor government, under the tutelage of the Housing Minister, Mr Martin Foley, has been instrumental in pushing the campaign to privatise public housing in Victoria. So as far as the ALP is concerned, the Alternative Liberal Party is concerned, they are there to push the public, uh, the private housing agenda. They are there to privatise public housing. And although we've leafleted a number of ALP conferences in the last two years, we have had not one phone call, what not one email, not one letter from a delegate from the ALP regarding this issue. So as far as the ALP is concerned, this issue is dead and buried. As far as the Victorian ALP is concerned, it is dead and buried. It's gone. It's no longer an issue. It will be privatised. So you've got the major political parties against it. Now, over the last two years, we've been able to get involved in negotiations with the Victorian Greens, who now have put public housing as one of their major platforms. Now, it makes very good sense for them to put public housing as one of their major platforms because the seats they control, Melbourne, Northcote, Paran, and hopefully they'll win Brunswick and Richmond, have got the highest public housing concentrations anywhere in Australia. So it's in their best interests, not just to look after the interests of their more gentrified members, but to actually look after the interests of people in public housing who are very concerned about their situation. Thirdly, public housing tenants are under such scrutiny and under such pressure that they are frightened to become involved in any fight-back campaign. Because they know that if they're singled out and the Victorian ALP wins the next state election and their units are privatised, that they'll find themselves turfed out on the air. Because that is the experience of the social, affordable and community housing sector. These are privately run organisations, whether they're for profit or not for profit. And if there are troublemakers, in inverted commas, within the units they manage or own, those troublemakers are eventually evicted. And then they're blacklisted from getting social community housing in the future. Because these organisations normally cherry-pick. They make the rules about who enters their property. So we've got the opposition in Victoria against it, which we understand. We've got the ALP, which wants to privatise public housing, which we understand. We've got the Greens who've made public housing one of their central parts of their platform because they know that they need to do this 
because they have the greatest concentration of public tenants anywhere in Australia in the seats which they control and the seats they may be able to win at the next state election. Then we've got the unions. Now the trade, Trades Hall in Victoria has come to an agreement with the Andrews-led Labor government to support them during this state election campaign. And we've seen the massive support they've been able to generate in the trade union movement. So the trade union movement is not interested in rocking the boat by taking up the public housing issue. And they have refused to endorse campaigns that promote public housing because this is against ALP policy. So here we have now, we've got the opposition, which is against public housing, the Andrews-led Labor government, which is up for re-election on the 24th of November, which is working full-time to privatise what's left of the public housing sector. We've got the trade unions who support, who've thrown their support behind the ALP, who are not interested. We've, so the next port of call would be those organisations, most religious-based, which support people on low incomes whose reason for existence, in a lot of cases, is to get a bit of government money to provide services which the government itself should be providing. So we find ourselves in the situation where people who, who you would expect to be on your side are not on your side. You find the church groups, especially the larger church groups, and so-called radical organisations like tenants associations and the community housing sector and the affordable housing sector and the social housing sector and a variety of churches and synagogues and mosques across the state of Victoria not interested in promoting public housing because they know that they are in a prime pole position when public housing titles are distributed to the private sector if the Labor Party or the Liberal Party wins a majority in the Legislative Assembly in Victoria in their own right. So here we have on one side, we have religious-based groups, community groups, the Liberal National Party opposition, the Victorian state government, the trade unions, all trying to wash their hands of the need for a strong public housing sector trying to muddy the waters. And so who's left on the other side? And the tenants who fear eviction and who fear eviction, especially if one of the major parties gains control of the Victorian government and these places are privatised, they fear eviction and permanent ban from the social community and affordable housing sector. Because they will determine who gets the apartment, who gets the unit, who gets what. Because once a government washes its hands of the situation, as we saw with the banking sector, 
in the financial sector with the current uh, Banking Royal Commission, you can see what actually happens. So you see, on one side we have all these people, some not acting because of fear, some acting because they want to privatise the situation and some acting in the, situ- in the way they are acting because they would like to see a Labor government re-elected. So who's left on the other side? It's a motley crew, a very motley crew. On the other side, we have Victorian Greens. We have the Victorian Socialists, who have a strong public housing agenda. That's as far as uh, committed uh, groups are concerned, and then community groups. We've got the def- we've got the uh, um, defence of public housing, which is an organisation which has worked very hard for almost a decade, trying to raise the issue of public housing in the community with minimal success. Now, the time for discussion. The time for talking, the time for meetings is gone. The state election will be held in less than three weeks on the twenty fifth sorry, the twenty fourth of November. It's now the seventh of November. Wednesday the seventh of November. Now the mass media, the corporate owned media and the government gilded ABC have no interest in the public housing sector. And they've washed their hands of the situation. No interest whatsoever. So you can add the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC to that group that has washed its hands of the need for a strong public housing sector. So who have we got left? We've got Friends of Public Housing. We've got the Victorian Greens, the Victorian Socialists. And they will be campaigning very hard for their candidates in the state election. Now, on the 9th of November, there will be, at 6pm, a demonstration at the State Library of Victoria. And that demonstration may or may not go to Parliament House, where there will be speakers, and I am supposedly one of the uh, speakers on the list. So I'll be turning up to speak. But again, these are things that come and go. The pressure that we have been able to apply to the state government and the opposition and all these other organisations has been inconsequential. Public housing is not an election issue. Affordable housing is not an election issue, although over half of Victorians would like it to be an election issue. So public housing, everybody's business, which is an anarchist media institute initiative, we decided four or five months ago that we needed to do something to create the possibility of the formation of a hung parliament in the Legislative Assembly in the Victorian election, where the Greens hold a balance of power where they can negotiate which either of the major political parties has got the most seats 
on behalf of public housing. But we just cannot rely on the election on the 24th of November. So what we've decided to do is run a campaign to run a 10-day vigil, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on what's left of the the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. And why I say what's left? Because two-thirds of the steps of the Victorian Parliament House have conveniently been boarded up for renovations. Very convenient. But we will be on those steps from the 14th to the 24th of November, we will use our bodies to make public housing a major election issue at the Victorian state election. In the 10-day period when people are pre-polling and where they will go to the polls on the 24th of November, we will be there until we are forcefully removed. We will be there. Now, this is a peaceful, non-violent vigil. The vigil site is an alcohol and drug-free zone. And we expect people to come and go during the 10 days because we expect to hold that position. We do have legal assistance in case attempts are made to remove us during this 10-day period. And what's our slogan? We have a huge banner. And what's the slogan which we need people to hold up? What is the slogan? And it's a very simple slogan because the concept of public housing is not a matter of blood in the streets or revolutionary change or even reform. It's a matter of political will. It's a matter of changing political direction. It's change that can occur in the Legislative Assembly and the Legislative Council. All it takes is a vote in the Legislative Assembly and the Legislative Council. And the slogan is very simple. Use Victorian stamp duty revenue, $6 billion plus per year for public housing. House one million Victorians in public housing by 2029. That's right. 2029. We can accommodate 20% of the Victorian population within a decade in public housing by using the tax which is levied on people who purchase a home by the state government by earmarking that revenue for public housing. We could get rid of homelessness in four weeks through a spot purchasing program. You can get rid of the waiting list of over 100,000 within a year with a spot purchasing program. What that means is the government buying homes and units around Victoria and turning them over to public housing tenants. This is very achievable. It is not a difficult concept to get across, but we need to get these ideas across to the Victorian community, and that's why we are holding that 10-day vigil 
on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, what's left of the steps that aren't boarded up, from the 14th of November to the 24th of November. And there is one missing ingredient in this campaign, and that is you. Regular listeners to the Anarchist World this week. People who have listened to this program for over 40 years. People who continue to say, you know, somebody should do something about that. Well, this is a chance that we can do something about that by bringing this attention to the public. If we have 20 people there, it doesn't matter. If we have 100 people there, our impact will be minimal. But if we have 1,000 people there or 2,000 people, the crowds will spill over to the Spring Street. They will block Spring Street. It will become an issue. It will become an issue that will need to be managed by these political parties as people are going to the polls. You don't need, because pre-polling starts on the 12th of November, two days before the vigil starts. You don't need to call anybody. You don't need to be there for the 10 days. Come in when you can. Bring some food and drinks. If you've got a musical instrument, bring your musical instrument. Entertain us. If you know a candidate who supports public housing, get them to come and speak. Because the issues are are very concentrated. It's a very simple campaign. It takes a little bit of audacity, a little bit of, you know, a bit of confidence, a little bit of organisation. Bring your sleeping bag. Bring yourself. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Come along for an hour. Stay for a day. Stay for the full 10 days. Hold up the banner which says, use Victorian stamp duty revenue, $6 billion plus per year for public housing. House 1 million Victorians in public housing by 2029. When you listen to the next Anarchist World this week, I'll be broadcasting just before the vigil begins at midday. On the 14th of November, I will be broadcasting from 10am to 11am from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, encouraging you to come and join this vigil. It's a simple concept. It's about us using our bodies, our minds, our will to make this a significant issue. Because I can give you a 100% guarantee today if we don't have a hung parliament at the next state election in Victoria, that public housing will be a museum piece. It will cease to exist in Victoria, irrespective of what the minister may say. And to make matters even more interesting, I've nominated as an independent in, the, in Albert Park, which is the seat of the minister. Don't expect me to be knocking on doors because I won't be knocking on doors. I'll be conducting that campaign from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. Because there is a, there are political prices to be paid for pursuing policies that put people behind railway crossings, for pursuing policies that put roads and privately you know, funded and toll roads before people. Because fundamental, fundamental to anybody's existence is secure, safe housing. And if the private sector has not been able to provide that secure 
private housing for an increasing number of people in this country where the dream of home ownership is just a dream, no longer a reality, where it takes generations to pay off a mortgage, if you're lucky enough in inverted commas to get a mortgage, where money is sucked into the housing sector at the expense of other areas of the economy, you can understand why this issue has become such a central issue as far as I am personally concerned. Whether the campaign fails or succeeds doesn't really matter. What matters is your participation. So if you want further information regarding this campaign, it's very simple. Go to the website. Go to the Facebook page, Public Housing Everybody's Business. Go to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook page. Go to the Anarchist Media Institute webpage. Go to the Public Interest Before Corporate Interests webpage. There are many pages you can go to. You can always write to Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052, although time is running out. But you don't have to write to anybody. You don't have to talk to anybody about it. Just turn up. Turn up for the vigil. As I said, you are the missing ingredient. We need you to make this significant issue at this Victorian state election. It's time that people like Mr Martin Foley, the Housing Minister, realised they're there to provide assistance to each and every Victorian. They're not there to just help their corporate mates. It's time the Australian Labor Party, masquerading as the Alternative Liberal Party, understands that when they were formed under that tree in Barcaldine over 120 years ago, they were formed as a direct result of the Labor movement deciding to enter politics to improve the situation for their members. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Next time you hear me broadcasting, I'll be on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House, broadcasting live from the steps just before the beginning of the 10-day vigil to bring public housing in Victoria to everybody's attention. If you've got the same issue anywhere else in Australia, well, you take up that issue and use our model as your model. We're quite more than happy to support you in that struggle to create secure, safe housing. Listen to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio stations from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House next week at 10am. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.